This podcast is part of the Podcavern Network. Check out other Podcavern shows at podcavern.com. Year one and three days. Yo, Deirdre. Well, that was quick. Just yesterday, I recorded the bit explaining how I lost my hand to Herr Erich des Rätsels, the excitable wolf knight of Halcyon Forest. Wolf knight? Night, night wolf? No matter. So, for you, just one day has passed, and I suppose, technically, for me as well, but, uh... Verdammt, how do I explain this? For me, it's years later. Five years later. It's both, really. It's, it's one day and it's five years. This is making my head spin. Music! This is a little fatuous of me, I know, but but this is that Kyrie we recorded with that lovely soprano, Kimberly, her name was, and her organist husband back at Sacred Heart, seven months, uh, but also a lifetime ago. I've since finished that setting of the Mass, you know. Kyrie, Gloria, Credo, Sanctus Benedictus, Agnus Dei, for soprano, baritone, organ, the lot. Done. Whatever slivers of beauty can be gleaned here are entirely due to the performers, of course. But hey, I'll, I'll take it. The thing is, Dee, I've had a busy night. Hell of a night. Dreams upon dreams. First I went back to Herr Gustavo. He has a little gymnasium somewhere along a little path in the woods. I couldn't draw you a map to save my life, but I always seem to find my way. If you think he immediately embraced me and comforted me and expressed sympathy for the way his lunatic friend bit my hand off, you're crazy. He was all, what was that crap you tried to pull? If you're going to answer any old quatch, you deserve whatever's coming to you. I didn't tell him it was Danica's answer. Maybe I should have. I tried to pump him for the real answer, or even a solid hint, but no, Vance, you have to find it on your own, doesn't matter how many body parts Erich devours. You're on a real quest. This is not a game. Grow up. Which I found a bit rich, considering the obstacle in front of me is a fucking riddle, you know? <sighs> Weeks with Herr Gustavo, Deirdre. He had me learn to fight with an axe for some reason, which vaguely reminded me of another dream I had. And now I'm wondering if Herr Gustavo knows something I don't. Really quite comfortable with that axe now. <laughs> I wrong him a bit. I mean, we talked about the riddle, of course. We discussed it. Healthy back and forth and all that. Remember it? I took it down. It goes, 
A flame that rides the winds of worlds, a flame that seeks a single torch. The torch burns bright, the torch burns out, the flame remains and rides anew. I wish it rhymed. I mean, now I look at it coldly, obviously, choice was the wrong answer. I didn't even think about it when Erich posed it, you understand? I, I just went with Danika's counsel. Why wouldn't I? Anyway, I'm not like a whiz at riddles or anything, but I'm not completely stupid either. And the devil of it is, I could come up with at least two perfectly reasonable answers. And I'll tell you, Dee, I didn't like those odds one bit. It's a terrible riddle. So I saw Herr Erich right there, without waiting to wake up. I had to walk the whole way, took days. And he was a bit surprised when I showed up, but he received me cordially enough. He led me into his parlor. It's cozy. Fireplace, pre-Raphaelite art on the walls, and he has a lovely little library. Mostly theology, German poetry, French bande dessinée. Well, French language. Complete runs of Tintin, Blake et Mortimer, Joan et Pierre-Louis. A wolf of taste. He brought in tea. We sat in red-quilted leather highbacks and sipped in silence for a bit. Eventually, I couldn't take it any more. I think I have the answer, Herr Erich, I said. If you would hear it. Try not to be flippant, you understand. <laughs> I believe he appreciated the tone, but he had me sussed pretty well. You want to answer it here? Now? He asked. I'm sorry, I really can't do the voice. I do, Herr Erich, I said. If I may. <laughs> you may, you stupid boy, he laughed. But if you think I can't take your very life because of the plane we are on, you are quite comically mistaken. Answer the riddle if you wish. If you answer true, I will give you what you desire. If you don't, you cannot escape the consequences. I won't lie to you. I hesitated. I hesitated like fuck. Then I closed my eyes and said, in as steady a voice as I could manage, The answer is the soul and I waited for the worst. When nothing happened for a long enough while, I opened my eyes. Herr Erich was looking at me with a sort of sardonic smile. There was some honest affection there too, I reckon. He held a letter in his hand. That is the answer, Vandera, he said, kindly enough. Here. And he leaned toward me, I nearly flinched, and gave me the letter. I didn't look at it, but I knew it revealed the location of the next hatch and would serve as my ticket. I bowed and thanked him, real respectful-like. Before I left, though, I really had to ask. What do you do to people who answer love? Bite their head off? Hmm. To the people who answer love, I give the letter, 
and I kneel as I give it to them. The soul is a fine answer, the real answer in many respects, but love, though a somewhat imperfect answer, is an even better one. He sighed. Nothing is cut and dry in the world, Vandala. Nothing is quite clear. Everything is fuzzy. Even trials and tests on the big long road. That floored me a bit. Even now I'm not sure if it's either a pretty profound observation or just another instance of him taking the piss. Anyway, that was that. You know, I worked very hard on that. I hope you liked it. I can hear you going, but you said five years, Vance. <laughs> You're right, D. What happened was, as I was making my way home in the dream, I suddenly met Val at a crossroad. He said we'd meet again, one way or another. He was waiting for me by the side of the road, pacing back and forth in the deep pink of the setting sun. He looked very earnest, but then he always looks earnest. We hug, and he says, Vance, we need to take the time to teach you. Teach me, I said. Teach me what? I knew what he was going to say, of course. Hatches, he said, with that deranged steadfastness of his. You need to learn about hatches, Vance. Properly. Come on. So I turned at the crossroad. I know, I see it too. And I spent five years with Val, learning everything I could about hatches. Full-on apprenticeship. Then I became a journeyman. Then, this morning, I woke up a craftsman. I swear to you, Dee, I remember every day of that half-decade. I woke up this morning, and I knew how to build a hatch. I'm not saying I could build a hatch. For one thing, it turns out that Val was right about hatches needing a little soul. And not to put too fine a point on it, I'm not there yet. Verdammt, I may well never get there. But I do understand how to build one. You know? The letter from Herr Erich arrived by courier as I was having breakfast. I know what you're thinking, Deirdre, but I wouldn't make too much of that. I'm pretty sure that I could have woken up with that verdammt letter in my hand if Erich had wanted that. So, now I know where to go. I'm a bit excited about it, because chances are it'll get me to Bühne, or near enough. Well, excited is not the best way to describe it, perhaps. Trepidation is closer to what I actually feel. I have a good idea I'll find Danika there. and She has some explaining to do. My best wishes to you all, Dee. You take care of yourself, and keep me in your prayers. I'll say hi to Herr Gustavo for you, and let him know you're keeping his grave tidy. You are keeping his grave tidy, yes? Of course you are. I love you. Notes to Oniric, Year One and Three Days, by Teffer Troy, Doctoral Candidate, Alternative Narrative Traditions, Université de Montréal, October 20, 683. Yudea ID TT 603782. 
The riddling sequences in Oneiric owe a lot to chivalric narrative traditions, Arthurian cycles, and other chansons de geste. They are also, obviously, reminiscent of the Gollum episode in Tolkien's The Hobbit and the Blaine the Mono riddling contest in King's The Dark Tower. The riddle posed by Erich seems to be of the author's own devising. It is written in iambic tetrameter, unrhymed, to Vaughn's amusing chagrin, with the third line usually broken in two parts as the spondees on the second and fourth foot create a strong stop-and-go effect. That it can have two or possibly more answers, and that it is, therefore, representative of the uncertainty of human existence, makes explicit a theme that will come back again and again throughout the narrative. This is not subtext. It is announced by the wolf, in so many words. There will be more riddles for Wanderer to answer as he journeys on. No sooner is the concept of the dream of many years clearly announced and described in last week's episode than Vans lives through a subjective five years in a single night of dreaming. Interestingly, he has been able to learn the facts and methods of hatchmaking in those five years, but he has not mastered the spiritual discipline necessary to put those methods into practice yet. It is not made clear whether this is because the dreaming existence is unsuitable to such spiritual training, or because five years is not long enough. I'm Tom Zalatni. And I'm Tepper Ajemian. And we're the hosts of the No Bad Food podcast. No Bad Food is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Find us in the Pod Cavern or wherever fine podcasts are sold.